This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we are going to be celebrating Irish Spring, also known as St. Patrick's Day. And we have our homemade corned beef and coal cannon, which uh, we'll define in just a minute. And uh, we're going to be telling you how to make those, and we're going to be eating a large quantity of them. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that part. Okay, so Molly, you made the coal cannon. Uh, What is coal cannon, and does it involve an actual cannon? It involves a potato and a cabbage and a cannon. And uh, basically, you're going to shoot the potato and the cabbage out of the cannon. No. Um, col- wait, 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 wait. Could it, could it involve a potato and a cabbage and two cannons and you shoot them at each other and <laughs> the dish is what results? That would be sweet. Yes. Wow. You wouldn't even have to stir. Incredible. <laughs> um, no, coal cannon, I believe, means white-headed cabbage. Um, is that like redheaded stepchild? Uh, similar. Okay. Similar. Yeah. Um, and basically what it is, is it's, um, it's, it's a variant on mashed potatoes. It's mashed potatoes with, uh, either cabbage or kale and usually some butter and salt and pepper. And sometimes you can also add milk. Sometimes it involves ham. Sometimes you can throw some Irish bacon in there if you've Mm -hmm. got Irish bacon lying around. Yeah. I made it for the first time today and I'm, I'm pretty psyched about it. This is sort of embarrassing to admit, but I don't really like mashed potatoes, um, but I do love cabbage in anything. It's like bacon for me. If you throw in some cabbage, I think that improves pretty much any dish shy of chocolate cake. Well, I, I would agree with you. And I have something even more embarrassing to admit. Oh, please. Which is that uh, today was the first time I'd made mashed potatoes. What? Yeah, I'm really like that not into mashed potatoes. I'm, okay, good. Yeah, I'm totally a roasted potato person. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, a fried potato yes. person. I uh, like good baked potato, but I'm just not a not a mashers kind of person. Okay, so b- but before we eat those things, um, let's let's talk about some other St. Patrick's Day foods and uh, that uh, you can use to to spice up your own St. Patrick's Day celebration. Mm-hmm. So of course, there's always Irish soda bread, which I kind of don't like either. I do like Irish soda bread. I <laughs> Thank think God. You have to think of it, uh, I don't know, I think of it as being somewhat close to a scone. I like the sort of, um, and this is this is going to sound bad, but I mean it in a good way. I like the sort of flowery flavor of a real, you know, Scottish or Irish scone and, and the flowery flavor of an Irish soda bread. I really like that. What else is there? There's beer. 
There is beer, <laughs> indeed. And um, I, uh, I actually went to the grocery store at approximately 10.30 this morning and bought some beer just for us today. Did you get a look from the cashier? I did. I think she was kind of trying to size me up, figuring out, um, you know... Because I, I even went to the the length of saying, could you give me one of those insulated bags to keep it cold? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much like I was admitting that I was going to be drinking beer probably before noon. There's like a world of lore about serving Guinness, and we are going to do it absolutely the wrong way today because we have uh, the, the Guinness from a can. Mm-hmm. But Is that better or worse than Guinness from a bottle? Well, it's I, I'm it's certainly better than no beer at all. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think um, Guinness aficionados would uh, would say that if it's in a can or a bottle, that's not really Guinness. Mm-hmm. But uh, has to be on tap. We're gonna give it a shot. I, I get the sense that that Ireland. I was gonna say I get the sense that Ireland is a place where people love beer, which is uh, probably a bit of an understatement. <laughs> I think there's a a beer culture in Ireland that probably rivals the Pacific Northwest, where there's a lot of craft breweries, but not enough of it comes to us. Um, and hopefully that's something that'll change. Yeah, we just uh, we just looked up here on our uh, our best friend Wikipedia. We mm-hmm. just looked up some Irish beers, and the sad thing is, is that you know, you and I can't figure out where we'd get half of them. Yeah, if not three quarters of them. So what I got for today, I got an English beer. I got the uh, the St. Peter's uh, Cream Stout, which uh, is really is really good and comes in a beautiful bottle, but is not in fact Irish. Yeah, for so. shame, for shame. Uh, what about Irish cheese? Um, oh, there are some wonderful Irish cheeses. My favorite by far um, is uh, Cashel Blue, which is a super um, creamy, kind of uh, moderately flavored blue cheese um, that uh, is just one of my favorite blue cheeses in the world. Now, I know that there are lots of other traditional Irish foods with completely awesome names, and you were telling me about some earlier. You want to fill me in? Yeah. In particular, I think my favorite is skirts and kidneys, <laughs> which sounds like something you, I don't know. You, I'm, I'm going to go out on the town tonight in search of some skirts and kidneys, Yeah, yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Skirts and kidneys. Basically, it's it's the trimming from the inside of the rib. Is that yeah, right? The pork the rib and the pork kidneys, which are usually boiled together uh, for quite some time, I think approximately two hours. So so frankly, that is sort of exactly what it sounds like. If you say skirts and kidneys, it sounds like a bunch of assorted pig parts boiled together. And that's precisely what it is. Not Indeed. that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, um, let's see, bangers and mash, of course. There's this thing called champ. When What is it? I've, I've heard the term and I always forget what champ actually consists of, but it's fun to say. Well, it's a lot like Colcannon, actually. So we could almost call what we're having today. Is it a lot like Colcannon in the sense that it's another dish shot out of a cannon? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, it's it's a mashed potato dish. Uh, This time, however, it involves um, chopped scallions with butter and milk. Now, what is boxty? Boxty. So boxty is another traditional Irish potato dish. I think you're you're going to find there's a theme here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an Irish potato pancake, and um, I'm looking at a picture of it actually right now. It kind of looks like a cross between a crepe and a sort of refined latka. It has mm. grated raw potatoes, and um, anyway, this picture that I'm looking at, it really looks like it's wrapped around some beef, like a like a crepe with a sauce on top. It looks kind of like a burrito. <laughs> It does. It's the Irish burrito. (laughs) Do you think think it's possible that the burrito was invented in Ireland? Maybe so. Are we being fair to Irish cuisine, though? Are we like uh, showing up in San Francisco and and assuming that all we're going to get is like chipino and sourdough? 
Because my understanding is, is there's, there's, uh, if you go to Ireland today, um, you can find these things, but also um, there is a thriving modern Irish cuisine um, that's informed by the traditional dishes and, uh, but it's a uh, progressive, uh, you know, modern flavors sort of approach. I think that is a fair way to assess it. I think that, it, you know, it's sort of the way that we think of a lot of cuisines. I mean, we think of uh, of Mexican food as being like enchiladas and burritos. Right. Or we think of French food as being blanquette de veau and, you know, coco vin. Um, mm-hmm. And the truth is, is, yeah, maybe these are the dishes that have become sort of emblematic, but they're not necessarily true of the, you know, of course, the, the huge variety of what's being grown there and cooked there. We only hear of these sort of emblematic foods that may or may not really capture what is going on over there. But I, I have to think that there is at least some truth that you know that these dishes do get made over there maybe not with the frequency that we think they do what are we having for lunch again corned beef and uh, and cold cannon. cannon awesome yeah these are, these are gonna be some delicious stereotypes yeah i am really I, like this may be my favorite episode we've done so far food wise i think yeah let's uh let's break for lunch and we'll be back in a minute great so i have to say um at the uh, at the risk of going too far I, I think that was the best lunch in the long and illustrious history of spilled milk. Yeah, it was even better than the carnita salad, which I am kind of crazy for. Well, your corned beef was really spectacular. It was, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> your modesty is really, your modesty is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won think, the Nobel Prize in modesty. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Yeah, totally it does. Mm, I'm going to aim new. for it. It's new this year. Okay, I'm going to aim for it next year. I hope everybody votes for me. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I was really impressed with your corned beef. I've eaten a lot of corned beef. I had, you know, a, a dad who was who was really into corned beef, pastrami, that kind of stuff. And I've mainly eaten it, uh, you know, sort of in, in sandwich form on a bagel with mustard. But I, I've never really known what the heck I was eating, frankly. What is corned beef? Um, the way I made it, and uh, and I love making homemade corned beef because not only is it good and I think better than the store-bought stuff, which is pretty good to start with, but it's so easy. Um, you take a piece of brisket, you rub it with a spice rub, you put it in the fridge for a week and forget about it. I mean, you, you don't have to do anything to make homemade corned beef. It basically does itself. Um, uh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> um, so yeah, you make a spice rub. I used um, I used the Cook's, Cook's Illustrated recipe. So I used crushed bay leaves, salt, pepper, uh, paprika, dried thyme, and, and uh, is it a lot of salt? Yeah, it's it's quite a lot. For um, I, I I started with three pounds of meat and uh, like between half a cup and a cup of kosher salt. Wow. So um, you're really trying to cure it all the way through. So anyway, it took you a week to do this, though. Oh, a week of a week of slaving over it every day. No, yeah. actually, every every day while it's in the fridge, you take the the bag that it's in and flip it over. Oh my gosh, your arm must have gotten so tired. Yes, I have this. I have this one beefy arm that now the the corned beef arm. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> weightlifters, you have heard the newest technique. That's right. No, if you if you had two corned beefs going at once, you would you would be totally ripped. Wow. <laughs> Enough about the meat. I uh, I really loved the uh, the coal cannon, and I already you know I already admitted earlier that I'm not a mashed potato lover, but I had two servings of that. I mean, who who knew that uh, that meat and potatoes would go so well together, right? Well, I happen to know that you really like cabbage, so you know I think the cabbage here was the the magic ingredient. I think we all we tend to think that cabbage is this really bland vegetable, you know. I mean, even like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, isn't that what the grandparents are eating? Like boiled cabbage, yeah, yeah cabbage, cabbage soup. soup, exactly. I mean, what sounds worse, right? But. It, it really it brings an incredible sweetness and depth of flavor to uh, to the these mashed potatoes, and it's really easy. 
kind of like corned beef itself. Um, what you do is you take some potatoes. I used russets. Mm-hmm. And you're going to peel them and cube them and boil them in salted water. Uh, I mashed mine gently with a potato masher, but you could use a ricer or a food mill. Well, mash me gently with a potato <laughs> masher. <laughs> oh, that's so romantic. Um <laughs> Anyway, I mashed some softened butter into these potatoes, and then I added about a half cup of scalded milk and some green cabbage that I had been sauteing in a little bit of butter with some salt until it got nice and tender. You know, you can also do it apparently with kale. You can use kale Ooh, instead of the kale. cabbage. But I think the, the real key is to get the kale nice and soft because you don't want it to seem too, you know, crunchy or sort of out of place in these silky mashed potatoes. Right. So for, for kale, I assume you would, you would um, cook it cook it with some water yeah. um, at least like 20 or 30 minutes probably. Yeah. yeah, maybe, you know, kind of braise it with a little bit of liquid. I bet it would be good with that, uh, with the Tuscan... Lacinato dino kale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just wanted to say Tuscan Lacinato dino kale. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I understand that Colcannon is a relative of Bubble and Squeak. Is it this is true. It is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Bubble and Squeak, also sometimes just called Bubble. Is it sometimes just called Bub? <laughs> um, like I'm going. I'm going down to the pub for a banger and Bub. <laughs> <laughs> Are you starting a limerick? Now? I'm starting. I'm starting a, a rap career. Great, <laughs> great. All right, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll be sure to let you guys know when his first album is out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, bubble and squeak isn't is an English dish, so uh, so yeah, it's not not Irish, but um, that seems to be kind of a theme of this St. Patrick's Day episode. <laughs> not Irish. Oh. <laughs> anyway, bubble and squeak is uh, it's a dish made from sort of pan fried leftover vegetables from from a roast. So you might have some some carrots, some peas, some Brussels sprouts, but usually the primary ingredients are potato and cabbage. Okay. And you're going to cook them together in a skillet until they're browned and sort of crispy at the edges. And the name bubble and squeak comes from basically kind of the action and, and sounds of cooking this stuff. It, did, it doesn't come from what it does to your digestive system if you eat it. God, I hope not. <laughs> you know, it's also sometimes <laughs> called bubble and scrape. And I really Ugh. don't want to think that has anything to do with your digestive <laughs> so, tract. So wait, okay, so so this is the, so the Irish version Version is uh, is Colcannon, so it's mash, which is mashed potatoes and cabbage. The English version is Bubble and Squeak, which is pan fried potatoes and cabbage. Is there a Scottish deep fried version? And if so, what would that be called? Do you think it's maybe like um, potato and cabbage breaded Snickers bar deep fried? Maybe <laughs> it's it, Bubble and Haggis. It's bubble and Haggis. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Scrapple. Is Scrapple yeah. a, or no, is Scrapple a... Scrapple is from Pennsylvania, but that's <laughs> that's in the same general area. Come on, I was thinking haggis, Scrapple, it's mm-hmm. all stuff that yeah, it's can all be stuff. frightening. It's all it's, stuff. It's, skirts stuff. And, it's all skirts and kidneys all it the way down. It is skirts and kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about beer. Something to wash those skirts and kidneys down. <laughs> yeah. Because beer does really help get the skirts and kidneys down. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Matthew has been thoroughly incapacitated. But <laughs> yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> quick while I'm down, take my wallet. <laughs> so Matthew, you're you're the beer expert here. Let's talk about uh, those beers. So we had uh, yeah, we had two beers. We had the the Guinness and the uh, and the St. Peter's Cream Stout and um I uh, I liked how they went with the with the food um because these kinds of beers they're really smooth and easy drinking in a way that I think belies their appearance. 
the the stereotype about dark beer is uh, is that uh, you know it's really full flavored and intense and loaded with alcohol and usually that's not true and Guinness is pretty low alcohol and uh, and these beers were both uh, really kind of smooth and and uh, good flavor but uh, but not like you know hit you over the head with hops type of beer mm-hmm. so they really go well with uh, with uh, kind of the mild and comforting flavors of uh, of the Colcannon and corned beef yeah those those rich mild flavors. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and the other thing is that uh, when you're using a, a nice dark beer like this, you can turn it into an ice cream float. Yes. My sister-in-law uh, introduced me to this idea that you can take a pint of Guinness and put a scoop of chocolate ice cream in it. And she served it to me when she was uh, the uh, the chef at a gastropub. And uh, it was unexpected and totally delicious. There's The Guinness already has kind of those chocolatey notes. Um, and uh, it just worked really well together. Well, then there's also the Guinness cake. Yes, I have. Uh, I have heard of that too. I, I, I believe I've had it. Um, again, capitalizing on kind of the chocolatey flavors of the beer. Absolutely. You know, I think that Nigella Lawson has a recipe for it. Maybe even um, I have her book Feast, and I think it may be in that book. Nigella Lawson has a lot in common with a lot of other things on this episode in <laughs> that, that she she's is not, not Irish. Irish. Right. <laughs> Sorry, people. <laughs> anyway, what we're trying to say here yes. is that Guinness is delicious with your meal and after your meal. And you know, if you have any other ideas for what to do with Guinness, or maybe what beer you might recommend uh, with our Irish spring dinner. Or if uh, if you are yourself Irish and have a few choice words for us, uh, you can now call us. Yes, you can. Our, uh, our voicemail number is 206-309-0711. And we, uh, we reserve the right to, uh, to play your message on the air if, uh, if we like. Yeah, yeah, we do. And you might be famous. I mean, you could get really famous because of this. You could, you could, you could win a, a Nobel Prize in voicemail. You could. Yeah, and, and, the, uh, and maybe in modesty sometime later. Right. Well, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, where this week we shot a cabbage out of a cannon. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. You can also, of course, use Guinness in a cake, right? I've, I've had the Guinness chocolate cake. Tell me about it. Um, I've never actually made it. Have you had it? I haven't had it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's approach this topic. Let's approach this topic from a, another angle, shall All right. we? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.